Good afternoon, everyone. It's Dr. Nigro again. Our next episode of Psychology Unplugged. Uh, my apologies for doing this episode a day later. Yesterday got away from me. Uh, it was a great family day. Um, so much appreciation, as always. I like to start all the podcasts to our followers, both uh, nationally and abroad. Uh, this journey is exciting. It's fun. Uh, I had the pleasure of working with a um, uh, family and individual that came from another part of the country uh, on Sunday, which was yesterday, so I think they kind of sidetracked me. But um, again, our heartfelt appreciation for everything and all the support that you guys have shown us. And uh, if I haven't gotten back to you, I promise I will do my best to return your calls and emails. And I'm looking forward to people coming in from evals from all parts of the world. And uh, again, it's just, I think it's important um, just the humility that, that myself have my, my, myself has, and uh, I think I can speak confidently for Julie in allowing us to be part of your mental health journey or those of your loved ones. Um, so I did an episode uh, the other week on uh, about emotions, and I'm, I'm going to revisit it again because um, you know my perspective uh, from a cognitive behavioral standpoint that uh, emotions are things that really don't focus on. We focus on changing thoughts, changing behaviors, and emotions change the byproduct of it. But as individuals, uh, to say that emotions are not a central part of our universal collective experience, positive and negative, good, bad, right, wrong, and different, I think would be a complete uh, misstatement. And it's one of the it's one of the things that brings people into therapy because, like I said before, it's because something hurts. But it sometimes it's not as linear as I'm depressed or my girlfriend broke up with me and I'm sad or I got in a fight and I'm angry. Um, uh, so this episode, I'm kind of going to focus on like when, when, when your emotions feel like they're out of control and I'm not talking necessarily uh, borderline pathology or bipolarity or any really any specific disorder, although I may allude to them. Uh, I'm just talking about what do you do when your emotions are out of control? Um, and, and the answer is yes, unpleasant emotions and unfair things happen to us. Um, but we have a tendency to make big productions out of, out of small matters depending on how we think about things. So again, see the relationship between emotions and thinking. You know, what are the attributions that we've, 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 we've made? And I would encourage you, if you haven't listened to the episode I did on either cognitive distortions or rational beliefs or mistaken assumptions, I've talked about the, the, the 17 uh, irrational beliefs, which help us uh, make sense out of things that, don't make sense to us and 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 can cause us pain. Uh, but if 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 you think something is terrible rather than unpleasant or inconvenient, uh, you're going to be more upset. 
And this is why I've said vocabulary is such a huge part of psychotherapy is, you know, saying something is terrible. That's kind of like at one end of the continuum versus can you rephrase that as being unpleasant, uh, not enjoyable. I'm not saying minimize or deny because those are, you know, irrational beliefs in ways that we navigate and, and sometimes how we mute the intensity of uh, negative emotions, but you know, if you if you're able to rephrase things, just take a word like terrible to unpleasant, unpredictable, it it you're le- less likely to be as upset. Um, and if you think everyone should think like you, then you're you're going to get frustrated and you're going to feel rejected uh, on a regular basis. And I think we all have uh, this mindset of of that e- egocentrism, not in the sense of being egotistical. But, you know, if we have a certain belief or a certain ideology, we tend to surround ourselves who, with people who espouse those same beliefs and ideologies. Depending on what it is you're talking about, it may not always be the best thing because growth, I think, sometimes um, comes from being around other people who, you know, share different values and different beliefs. But if, if, if we... If we are constantly uh, looking for validation and looking for uh, acknowledgement and, and acceptance of whatever our, our thoughts or emotional state is going to be, it is definitely going to lead to rejection and you are going to be disappointed on a regular time, uh, on a regular basis. You know, another thing in terms of about, about the future, if, if, if you think your future is bleak, and then you're, you're going to feel hopeless. And I'm using these terms, uh, and again, as I move through the podcast over the course of doing this for almost, you know, grace of God, three years, I've become more diligent and copious with with making notes. It's, it's the hard part is getting to read my own writing. But if you think your your future is 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 is, is bleak, um, bleak and and hopeless, those are. <laughs> there's not a lot of room for misinterpretation with with, with terms like that and living in in, in, a, in a, a a world of black and white or what we would call like dichotomous thinking good bad right wrong happy sad uh it's being comfortable i've talked about this in the borderline episodes you know what i've termed as being comfortable in the gray it does not mean you have to like that it doesn't mean you have to stay there but sometimes life presents us with certain problems and we go through a range of emotional experiences of mixed emotions that we that that seem outside of our control um because we are feeling individuals we are feeling creatures we have an amygdala we have a limbic system we have structures of our brain that control emotional responses and you know medications can only do so much they can they can maybe you know dampen the the severity or intensity of the emotions but they can't take away the experiences that have caused those emotions to manifest and then you know every time you're upset about something um you know you're if if you just stay in that negative mindset it's just going to perpetuate uh your feelings and lead to this this vicious cycle um almost something akin to i think i mentioned this before like like repetition compulsion um you know thoughts uh are both uh, think of thoughts as both like the 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 fuel or the energy and and the map um 
but it is up to us to decide to not accelerate. It is up to us to decide how how far we're going to press the gas pedal, and that is an amazing uh, amazing ability. And I, I've said this in multiple episodes that we always have choices, and sometimes in the darkest hours, and in the night, and when the night vultures come, and the pain comes, and the hurt, and the sadness comes, we may feel like that we have no other choice. And some people get to that place where they believe they've run out of choices, and and they they go down a path of self destruction, whether that's self medicating or even even suicidality or self injurious behaviors. Um, but you, it, it's important, to, you know, when you realize that your emotions may be out of control, that you do actually, you are the one in the, in the driver's seat, if we use a metaphor of a car. No one else is sitting in that driver's seat but you. It may feel that the dashboard is uh, in German or a different language. It may feel like the, the, the gas pedal uh, is not like the one you have in your car in your garage. Uh, it may feel very awkward, but, you know, a driver's seat is pretty universal, independent of what country state uh, model or, or or whatever car that you, you do you do drive or vehicle that you drive but you know you can either let emotions drive you or you can drive your emotions and I think a lot of people allow their emotions to drive them and uh, it, it's really reorienting people back to you know the cognitions that are perpetuating those emotions as well as in you know Reorient, reorienting people to the perspe- perception of do you, you you you're choosing to stay in this emotional state and people will often say like I said before I can't help it yes you can't help it um, I, I I have no other options you know you're you're never without an option and this is where cognitive behavioral therapy and rationally motive therapy can, can kind of sometimes get you know edge towards um, being being more confrontational and it's important to con- confront the identified maladaptive schemas and emotional belief systems uh, and, and kind of call people out on their on, on their own their own crap and, and help them to realize it and if they don't like it uh, that's tough but it's also a necessary part of, of treatment. So, so, you know, just just some important points to keep in mind when we talk about, you know, feeling that our emotions are mixed and out of control is is that you know we all have biases and distortions in our thinking. It, it, that's just that's just part of, I think, the human experience. Um, you know, two people could look at the same event, uh, experience the same event, and, and have two very different reactions to it, and. I don't think you, it's necessary to put a, a qualifying statement to say one is right or wrong or better than the other. But, you know, this is why it's so important, like I said before, don't don't always believe that you have to surround yourself with people that are just going to validate um validate you and, and you know especially if it's in a negative mood state and and keep you in the role of a victim. Uh but the, the these biases they, they they make us prone to anxiety, sadness, anger, uh, other difficult emotions, uh, ap- general apprehension, uh, affective malaise. Um, you know, so the biases are are what helps us, I think, really 
like I said, mute or dampen the intensity of the emotion, but it it also keeps us um, at a distance from confronting what the true etiology of the emotion is, and the, the true emotion in and of itself, and and not be in denial of it. It, it doesn't mean it's it's. Um, you're going to like talking about it or there's not going to be discomfort. But, um, you know, if you're constantly surrounding ourselves with the, with these cognitive biases to, to change reality. And I've said this before, and I think we all do this, including myself, you know, we all have to sleep at night and the way for us to sleep at night is, um, we have to distort reality in some way, whether whether that's um, t- denial or or projection. Um, and this is when taking that close, hard look in the mirror becomes really important, incredibly important, uh, and sometimes painful, albeit uh, enlightening and an amazing therapeutic exercise. Uh, another thing is notice that what you're saying to yourself. Uh, that's making you upset. You know, negative self-talk is something, you know, and a lot of times obsessing for, you know, I'm asking people like during a clinical interview about, you know, hallucinations and, and delusions. Uh, in a vast majority of cases, when people say, well, I hear voices, a lot of times they'll say it's, it's, it's their own voice. It's not, it's not something external. Uh, and these, you know, you take take narcissism and maybe histrionic out of it, but a lot of people have this, this negative recording of you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not pretty enough, um, your self-esteem is in the toilet, you don't deserve to be here, kill yourself. Um, and, 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 and these recordings, they, 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 they play over and over again, and, and it's important to stop and, and help the person realize, like, what is the benefit? And I've I've always said this, and I and I'm committed to saying this that all behavior, independent of its adaptability or um, adaptiveness, is is purposeful. So there, as ironic as it may seem, if somebody perpetually or continually engages in negative self talk, there's a value to it. We only repeat behaviors if there's a value or what we call psychological valence. And it seems so ironic is why would you want to keep saying negative things about yourself? Um, Because I think it helps people to remain stuck. And I think it helps people to uh, avoid deciding to decide. And I think it it helps people justify in their own minds that they can play and are entitled to the role of being a victim. Um, you know, what are the costs and benefits of how you think, you know, what, what, what do you, what do you, what are you gaining by thinking a certain way, whether, whether it's about yourself, about your, your partner, uh, about your children, about your job. Uh, and, and again, I'm talking from the, from really the negative lens of emotions, not, 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 not the positive ones. Cause, uh, you know, therapy and, and psychology and, and diagnostics is all about figuring out and identifying the negative things and, and the maladaptive patterns of, of, of thinking and acting and trying to re- reorient them uh, to a more adaptive approach. Um, and then asking yourself, how would you feel if you believe these thoughts less? You know, what if you, you know, when, you know, some, these seems like really simple questions, but I, I know from experience, 
in working with people, asking them, uh, and especially somebody who's been in this state, you work with somebody with like pers- persistent de- depressive disorder, which used to be called dysthymia, which is akin to what Beck described as a, a, a depressogenic schema, which is essentially, we don't have this diagnosis, but it, I think we should. It's, it's a depressive personality disorder that just is this low-lying depression. Uh, I've used Eeyore from Disney as an example, but you know, asking somebody like, you know, what if, what if you had these thoughts less? And I, I think sometimes people, for the for the vast majority of people, say, "That's a good question. I, I I don't know." And that's a fair that's a very fair answer. You you might not know, especially if you're so used to getting up every day and having the, the these thoughts and these emotions in this vicious cycle that that that, that are painful or that are. Um, discombobulated or causing some distress. And I always tell people, don't worry about coming up with an answer right now in the office. Just think about it. You know, first I would offer them, would you like the, would you like to pursue a, a path where you can think about these things less to just go from complete you know, eradication of a, a specific thought process or a specific emotional state or response and waking up the next day, there's no pill that does that. And there's no magic words in therapy that does that. That That's why it's a process. And sometimes people, you know, leave and, you know, exit a psychological treatment early because their SSRIs aren't working within one week. Well, that's not how they're designed to work. Uh, psychotherapy is not going to cure you of you of whatever affliction you're dealing with in, in one in in one or two sessions that is not that is not reality but you know through work and through progress and through identifying measurable goals can you can you get there yes absolutely i wholeheartedly believe that and again another major reason of doing this podcast was to instill a sense of hope but i never ever once said having a sense of hope is equitable and on the same parallel as being easy or as being immediate um, and you know, there's always another way to look at things. And a lot of times what I've done with patients is if I, you know, I don't always wear my glasses, but if I do, I will have them, you know, you know, take my glasses and put them on or if they have their own glasses and said, basically psychotherapy is essentially or cognitive therapy is take your glasses slowly off, redo the prescription and put that back on. And it's seeing yourself, the world, and other people in a different way. And if you if you see the yourself and other people in the world in a different way, the way you think about things and the way you feel about things is going to change. But you can't just rip the glasses off because if you rip the glasses off, you're not going to be able to see. It doesn't work that way. And that's that's sometimes the immediacy and the expectation of, of, of Western culture is solve it, solve it now. And you do the work. I don't want to. And, you know, I'm sorry. That's, that's, not, that's not my job is to do the work. My job is to give you the roadmap and be, be the lighthouse in, in the storm. But those are things that guide you and guide us to our final destinations. Um, you know, another good thing is ask, you know, kind of flip it around. Like what if, and sometimes, and people kind of get a little perplexed with this question is, all right, switch, switch seats metaphorically. Uh, what would you tell your friend? What would you tell your husband? What would you tell your child? And, you know, people are, they, they, I've seen the look and like, huh? Yeah. Switch roles. Someone comes to you, and I'm not saying you have to be a mental health professional, but someone comes to you with with similar 
issues that you're complaining about or you're experiencing or having trouble with, what advice would you give them? And, you know, you can work on this whole process of, uh, all right, great advice. Why can't you apply it to yourself? And this is when you come up with, well, I, I, I can't do this and I can't do that. And, that's, and that can be very therapeutic to switch it around. And you're basically putting the ownership back on the individual that they, you know, that you own your feeling states and you own your thoughts. It doesn't mean what, if for, for second in the world, these mixed emotions and negative emotional states, it in no, in no way am I ever saying that you don't have a right to feel that way, that you don't have a right to, um, you know, think a certain way, but I also, you don't have a right to stay there. Um, you know, also I think it's important to, to look at, you know, do we, do we jump to conclusions? Um, you know, sometimes, you know, in, in, in physics, the principle of Occam's razor, the simplest explanation is usually the correct one. Doesn't always apply. Sometimes does. In, 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 you know, therapeutic sessions, but, you know, sometimes it's, it's, it's much more complex and it's easy to jump to conclusions, especially if you've a highly externalized locus of control and you see other people in the world around you as being responsible and placing the responsibility and holding them responsible or the world responsible for whatever wrongs people perceive have been perpetuated against them that, that resulted in them being in that emotional state you know i was incredibly sad when i lost both of my parents but what i couldn't what was i gonna do who was i gonna blame you know i own those feelings but i also it, t- it took a while and it took work to get to, to overcome them and, and and to deal with them but that is that is also the power of uh you know the human experience is uh we go through stuff that we don't always ask to go through we we we, we we're confronted with things that the world throws at us. You know, midnight phone calls is something bad has happened, and bad news from a boss, or you know, you, you know the classic dear dear John letter. This, this this stuff happens, and by no means by saying do not allow yourself to feel, but just open your eyes to the expansiveness of the human condition, and and what we think is permanent is often trans is, is very. Uh, is is in a state of constant transition. And I think that's how our lives are, are in a state of constant transition, psychologically, cognitively, emotionally, even behaviorally. We are constantly moving throughout the universe and and through the time, you know, through through time and space. Um, And, you know, it's important to always put things in perspective. Putting things in perspective is a real important task. And, you know, my, my perception is, I don't. Re- I, I. I don't necessarily believe in that. There's reality. I believe there's perception. You know. I. Th- I think. You know. You can get into. You know. More of the laws of, of quantum physics. Um, and, you know, perception is really uh, how you know two people or three people can view, like I said earlier, the same event, and have two very different reactions. So, you know, just by the, that that sheer fact, because it has been proven over and over again, uh, is is reality. It, it's it's unique, I think, in in the sense of what a, how it belongs to a specific individual. And one of the most important things, um, and a question that, you know, I think constantly asking yourself is what is the evidence you have for the way you feel? 
What is the actual evidence you have for the way you think? What is the actual evidence? By evidence, I mean, what are the experiences that you've actually witnessed? Not conjured up in your head. What are the actual words that have been spoken to you? Not what are the words you think have been spoken to you, but what, what is the evidence to maintain or to have caused you to enter into this mixed world of emotions, into this mixed world of, 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 of cognitive distortions and and, and, and uh, mistaken assumptions. Uh, looking for the evidence is, again, a, a lot of the patients I've worked with, if you, I've said, if you ask them, they'll say, pay attention to your motivation and what is the evidence. And often the evidence isn't always there. It's something that we've created in our mind in order to allow us to maintain in the specific cognitive state and, and an emotional state. So mixed emotions uh, are are confusing. I think we we experience them all. There's not always linear answers to them. But I know Julie's standing here, so I'm sure she wants to pop on and say something. So here's Julie. Hi everyone. <clears throat> um, when Cora said something about perception, I wanted to speak up. I've been trying to figure out how do we address what's going on in the world right now and. Um, I'm just going to tell you that it's a very scary time for all of us, and this is the time where we need to um, be grateful for what we have and pray for peace and be mindful of the fact that no matter what the situation, no matter how many people are involved, people have perspectives. And just because you may have a perspective of a situation or something, and Another person can experience the same thing, but have a totally different perception. And I think that happens a lot in like family therapy, uh, couples counseling, where it's like, you know, the Mars and Venus stuff, I'm dating myself, but I feel like something needs to be said. Um, I just want people to educate themselves. I have been combing and trying to figure out what's going on with Israel, um, with this devastating thing. Uh, the um, the the massacre that occurred on October seventh, and um, it it's uh, it's it's terrifying. Um, I'm addressing it only because it makes people scared. I mean, we're all feeling kind of scared that this is a terrorist group and they're causing uh, mass destruction in in the most horrific ways. And uh, wrong is wrong. You know, right is right, wrong is wrong. Sometimes there is a black and white and there are lines not to be crossed. That being said, when I when we stand for Israel, we stand for Israel. I wanted to post that because to see what we saw was devastating. My heart, if someone hurts another human being, you're hurting me. If someone hurts another child, you're hurting my child. That's how I feel about it. Whether they're Israeli or Palestinian, Muslim, doesn't matter. We have peace with all of that personally. Um, Cliff Weitzman is a friend of ours. He developed Speechify. We've touched upon it a few times. He's even done an episode with us and he flew out from LA. He's now in London. He, he absolutely has done a beautiful job explaining the history in the context. He is 
well-educated. He's a kind, kind soul. He just wants peace. And he today posted a story. I wish he posted it to his page so it will stay. The story will only stay for 24 hours. Um, And it gives a historical context like nothing I've ever heard. It's nothing I've ever learned in, in, um, in history class. But I believe he's a very well-educated person. He's well-read. Um, be mindful of what you're watching, what you're seeing. Um, just because you have perceptions, which could be propaganda, don't believe everything you see. Don't believe everything you hear. Here's the thing. There's a lot of hate that's happening now. I'm seeing it and, and evil. And I bring it up because I'd rather talk about it even though it's easier for me to talk about it than not talk about it, but depending on the situation, you know, if I'm going to be honest, um, this, we need to get hostages back. Um, we need to have peace and that's what I believe most people want. I think that there is a very severe perception of years and years and years and years and years and years of perceptions by other people. But unfortunately, it's affecting our world. It's affecting our universities in our country. Um, We're seeing this all spill out. I don't know how up to date you are, but if anyone's watching the news, you've seen it. If anyone's on Instagram, please check out Cliff Weitzman, um, W-E-I-T-Z-M-A-N-N, Cliff. And he is the developer of Speechify. He does a very eloquent and very beautiful job without emotion, but just passion about the actual history and the context and the history of Israel and the Middle East. And I love that because I think, and I guess I'm just a, um, I just believe in education. And when this story first came out on October the 7th, not only were we horrified, our hearts were in our throat, we were just devastated for this population that was being hurt, harmed in the most demonic of ways. I need to say this because this is what I've been doing for the last, since it happened, I've been trying to grasp an understanding. People are afraid to speak out. People are afraid to be Jewish. Um, People are afraid, um, and you know, to be honest, when I see some of the beautiful postings of, and again, what I'm seeing is the Israeli people standing up and, you know, fighting back. I'm not going to get into the whole war stuff. That's not our purpose here. Our purpose is just to educate. I'm just saying, if people are concerned, get help, talk about it. The fear is real. Um, it's it's hatred like I've never seen um, in a very long time. I think we've always like seen kind of you know certain groups, you know, being harmful to other populations. And um, I'm certainly not well versed in all of it because I'm that that's not my lane. Um, but I am human, and the basic human instinct is to have water, shelter safety and um and be able to live freely and i feel like this is this is just the uh, 
the antithesis of that that's happening. So please check that out. Check out Not Too Skinny, Not Too Fat. It's Amanda Hirsch. She's very good. Um, Noah Tishby. She's also very good at talking about um, the history. Again, it is, you know, they're all Israeli. Um, I want peace for all sides. That's what I want. I believe that that's what Israel wants. But I'm not a politician, and I'm certainly not a historian. I'm just a human. And that's what I want for our world. So when there's global unrest, just like what happened with the pandemic and the um, insurrection, um, everyone I know, at least in the United States, I know worldwide for the pandemic, were in, living in fear. It, it, was, it was fearful. It, these were uncharted waters. Um, I can't speak to the Holocaust. I wasn't there, but I know that my heart was in my throat and I was sick to my stomach even learning about it. And I was disgusted that that ever happened. And I'm not Jewish. I'm human. And we love humans. We love human beings. Most human beings are good, you know. Um, so I want to instill some hope. Get If you're f- afraid and you're anxious, get some help. Talk to your primary care if you don't have a therapist. Go on psychology today. Do something and be able to talk about it with somebody. If you get, like, collectively um, get some friends together, some colleagues, um, you know, to get together and just talk about it. It's so strange to me how so many people aren't talking about it. And you're seeing all of this demonstration on college campuses where the hatred of of generations and it's almost like it's 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 uh, oh my god it's like brainwashing almost you, you see it it's like oh my god that you can't because honestly you know whoever our enemy is let's say for example just putting it out there at one time russia was an enemy and i remember i remember distinctly and wayne dyer speaks a lot about this and this was this is what i loved about him he taught a history class and he asked the class, who do you hate in Russia? And nobody raised their hand because it's propaganda and because it is, it, it is, it is being, people are being told from a very young age how to feel. I don't want to do that in my life. I'm just telling you, if you're confused, if you're scared, I think it's normal because we're all kind of processing all of this. And, um, just appreciate what you have, get help, and talk to somebody if you need to talk to somebody about it. And um, we send you love. Please call us. We're here for you. Um, don't DM us. We don't get the DMs. Um, not as uh, regularly as we do the texts and the emails So and the phone calls. So please feel free to reach out to us. This is a very unsettling time. Again, we've had a couple in the last few years. So we're all going to hopefully get through it together. But we we are here for you um, to the best of our ability to educate you. But um, check out Cliff Weissman um, and his story today, because it really helped me get the context. And I think a lot of people feel like they don't know, and they don't understand. Thank you. God bless you all. What did you say? Needed to be said.
<clears throat> so, thank you, Julie. I mean, it's something um, we had talked about whether or not we we're going to bring this up on the podcast uh, because, again, no way are either one of us politicians. But when you look at this from a just a psychological, cognitive, yeah, behavioral yeah. standpoint, uh, and just the point of humanity and 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 shaping perceptions. Uh, and I don't think it's a you know I think we get so beleaguered sometimes in who's right and who's wrong, uh, whether that's in the situation that is transpiring in the world or whether that's a situation that's transpiring in, in the confines of our individual homes. Um, this is the, this does lead to mixed emotions and this does lead to division and it does lead to, to people questioning what's right and what's wrong and their own, their own sanity and their own place and um, what the level of responsibility they have. But I do believe um, that we have responsibility to ourselves. We have a responsibility to our our fellow neighbor, independent of uh, religion, philosophy, political opinion, skin color. But you know, at the end of the day, we're all really, like I said, much more similar um, than we are different. But um, emotions can be confusing. Uh, try not to get beleaguered by everything you feel. Uh, emotions are real, but they are not always based in the reality and stepping back and, again, reorienting yourself to the cognitions that are perpetuating them can be incredibly therapeutic. And I, I can say that over the last week or so, I've had uh, a lot of phone calls from uh, anxious parents about their kids who are very afraid about what's going on in the world, wanting to get into therapy. Um, so it, 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 it's real and it, it, it's scary. And um, if we could be a source of answers and, 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 and inspiration and, uh, you know, uh, some some quiet in the storm. That's why I give the contact information to reach out to me, which you can through Psychology Unplugged at Outlook.com. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Psychology underscore Unplugged underscore. Uh, you can get a hold of me through Psychology Today. And you can even contact me directly, 617-750-9411, East Coast Standard Time in the United States. Um, until next time, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and be well. And I will talk to you guys next week.